Today's episode of Recovery Survey is fueled by Brainwash Coffee Company. I'm sure you've heard that drug and alcohol use is on the rise, especially during the pandemic. And Brainwash Coffee Company is working to raise money and awareness to support people seeking help. They donate 50% of their profits and their mission is to give back to the amazing recovery community. Their why is bold and their coffee is fresh. So if you want to sip on an amazing brew that warms your mind, body, and soul, then visit brainwashcoffeeco.com and use promo code recovery survey at checkout to get $5 off your first order. Brainwash Coffee Company, simple coffee for complicated people. You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. Because there are a lot of dark days that I had where, honestly, I was just ready to throw in the towel. But at the same time, I was like, I know that I'm not going through this for no reason. I know that it's not in vain. I can't see it, but I can't stop. My guest today is named Alita Summers, and she's here to share her story about loss and overcoming hardship. Welcome to the show, Alita. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to give a quick trigger warning. There is discussion about miscarriage, so if that is a sensitive subject for you, I might advise skipping this episode. Hi, my name is Alita Summers. I am a writer mostly serving the tech community. I do blog posts as well as super technical content like FAQs and all those process manuals that people don't really want to do but are necessary. I also work with independent authors to help them polish their story before it goes for publishing. Awesome. Awesome. I've, I've never really thought about people that actually have to write the FAQs. I'm sure that is uh, tedious at times. It can be, but I really enjoy it. I enjoy a lot of things that most people don't want to do when it comes to the corporate world. So it works out for me. It's pretty harmonious. I, I get it. I'm I'm a nerd too. I, I'm always reading like the operation manuals and stuff when I'm at work. And mm-hmm. most, most people don't read those, but I, I like to really dig in and, and find out how stuff works. So I, I totally relate to that. <laughs> exactly. I would read those sometimes when, um, so we moved recently and we got some furniture from Ikea and I was reading the manual. I'm like, okay, there's pictures, there's no words. And the pictures are a little obscure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this needs to be fixed. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny because a lot of those experiences got me into my business now, which is plume, pen and pencil. Um, and ironically, I didn't just like decide to start this business of like, I want to be an entrepreneur. It's a great idea. That was not me at all. I ran from it for a really long time. Um, even back in 2016, 2017, a coworker mentioned to me when I was working as a software developer, hey, you should go into consulting. You really know how to talk to people. You can kind of show people different arenas that they can explore for their solutions. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Those, you know, those taxes and the IRS and all that, I'm, I'm not trying to deal with that. So <laughs> thanks for the idea. But yeah, I ran from that for a long time. So anyhow, I did kind of like the 
I guess the standard expected thing, right? High school, go to college, whatever. And I did actually want to go to college. For a long time, I was interested in computer science. And so the only place I really knew to explore that, that I only knew how to do that at college. So I learned a lot. It was cool. I did some internships. But at the end of the day, I realized I liked the challenge of computer science. I liked to learn all of that stuff, but I didn't want to spend the next 20 years of my life doing it necessarily. This was my second year being out of school. I'm like, I am over 30 grand in debt and I don't want to do this anymore. Send help, please. Um, So that's when I found data analytics, which kind of let me use some of that super sleuthing skills that you develop, but a little less coding. And so I kind of pitter-pattered through other IT positions over about 10 years. And the common theme throughout all of that was there was something to be written, and either it was written poorly or no one wanted to do it. And I usually either got voluntold or volunteered to do it. And even though I didn't initially want to do it, I realized that I actually really enjoyed that type of work. And having that work, in addition to like the more technical stuff, really helped me to balance because being a developer or just being in tech in general, it can be kind of lonely sometimes. It's like you go to your cube, you have your little stand up, you might shoot the breeze for 15 minutes and that's about it, unless you get yelled at for something. Um, And I'm not like the biggest social butterfly, but I do need a little more interaction than that. So being able to write those documents and all of that stuff, tutorials and what have you, gave me more balance, but also kind of nagged me and made me realize I definitely need to switch. I need to do something different. So here comes 2020 and the massive experience that that was for the entire world, right? And I'm having tacos with my husband one day and I tell him, I don't want to do this job anymore but I also don't know what else to do. And just the way our dynamic was set up, like I was the breadwinner at the time. And so I kind of felt obligated to stay because like we needed benefits and all this stuff, but I was like dying on the inside as well. And he was actually really supportive um, because he had started his own business about two years before that. And he didn't want me to feel stuck in whatever it was that I was doing. So, you know, he he listened to me, quite frankly, vent for like 45 minutes over tacos. But then he was like, you need to sit down and think about what it is you actually want to do. That was in February. I still couldn't figure it out. Quite honestly, I just I couldn't figure it out. I was just miserable. I was applying for jobs and nothing was turning out and I kind of felt stuck. Right. And so they sent everyone home in that March. And here I am still slogging through because what else am I going to do at this point? But then we have this really, um, this really great gift. We find out that we're pregnant and we're expecting our first child. And I'm like, yay, there is something joyful in this life. Not that my life was so bad, but you know, when you're in a particular situation, it can feel like it's everything, even though it's not. And so, um, that was really exciting. Uh, and even though it was so exciting, it made a lot of stuff really real for me. It made my job situation way more real. And I was like, wait, being pregnant is hard enough. I really don't want to spend all this time with these people. That 
don't actually care about me at all. Like, you're not really going to be friends with coworkers necessarily, but it's different when it's blatantly obvious that someone doesn't want to breathe the same air as you. So there's that. And then there was a lot that was messed up with my family dynamic. My mother loved her to bits, but her alcoholism hit me straight in the face when I found out that I was pregnant. And for a long time, I could just kind of put to the side, oh, I'll rationalize this. Like, that's just how she is, whatever. But all of a sudden, this little life made it so much more real to me. And I really had to address it head on. In the spring, we find out that we lost the baby. Mm. I was an absolute mess, of course. No one wants to lose a family member. But that really catapulted me in the right direction because I would I was thinking to myself, okay, if I did carry this child to term, then I would have to stay at this job, right? And be in good graces so that I don't lose the maternity leave. But then I also have to go back to this place that I don't want to be at while missing this little life. And at the time, you know, my husband and I, we really didn't have a network where we were living. And I was like, my mother, who when I had rationalized before, everything was fine. I realized I can't, I can't leave my child with her. That's not a safe environment. So everything kind of shifted in that regard. And on top of that, I then find out I'm getting laid off. And I'm like... <laughs> What do I do? And so honestly, I wasted a lot of time. And that's not the right thing, and I don't condone it, but I wasted a ton of time because I just got paralyzed with the weight of everything. I felt like I finally picked myself up um, emotionally from the loss that we experienced. And then there's another loss in a different aspect of my life. And all of a sudden, I have to shift and kind of make everything okay. And it wouldn't have been so bad if I didn't have my identity attached to that job. Now, if you had asked me, I would have never told you. I would have denied that. I couldn't see it. But I didn't know anything else about myself. I didn't really know other passions or interests that I had. And I could see those type of things being cultivated in my husband's life. But I was disconnected and I couldn't see like, well, what's my thing? How do I get there in my own way? And so I had had this massive hit to my ego and I just, uh, it was a massive hit. I couldn't, I couldn't function. Like it was, it should be easy to apply for jobs. Right. But I had this whole big thing in my head and like, I just couldn't get the inertia to do it. And it was all of this mindset stuff working against me. I had, eight weeks of lead time, I think at least, to find a job. And my own mindset and like basically self-prison ate away between four to six weeks. And then nothing was panning out. My husband's like, how is it going with the job search? You have any interviews? And I'm like dancing around the subject, right? And finally I come clean because I'm overwhelmed. I need help and I don't know how we're going to pay rent if I don't have another job at that point because we didn't really have any savings built up. And so understandably, he wasn't happy because I wasn't being honest with him. Right. But then he came along and supported me and showed me how he used his networking skills 
to meet people and grow his business. And I didn't have a business at the time, but that would help me to get leads for interviews and all of that stuff. And so that helped tremendously, not just to get the interviews, but to understand why I had all this self-defeating talk, why I had this weird confidence conflict. And honestly, I was sabotaging myself a lot of the time. I thought that I had to be a certain way in an interview for someone to want to hire me. And I wasn't being myself. And that was really hurting me. And even though no one was explicitly pointing out, like, you're not being yourself, so I don't want to hire you. Behind the scenes, it, it wasn't harmonious. It didn't match. And so I couldn't really get any further. And so once I could start to acknowledge the fact that I was frankly being fake and not in a good way, um, I could then start to understand how I could feel comfortable in those instances. Why do I feel self-conscious when I go for an interview? Like, why does it matter so much to me that I get this job and peel back those layers? One of the big mindset shifts that I had to overcome was quite frankly, being the strong black woman. Now at face value, I just kind of look like a black woman, but I'm actually black and Hispanic. And so I had all this pressure of, well, you know, your family didn't have as much education and we're looking forward to you to do this and all of that. And so I felt like I had to be at a certain level of excellence. And you certainly don't want to waste your life, but it prevented me from being vulnerable, from being vulnerable, sorry, and just realizing that I'm a real person with issues sometimes. I don't have to act like I have it all together. Going through that interview phase really showed me what I needed to address. And I did address those things. And it wasn't like I immediately got interviews or anything like that. But I did start to find my way. And the first couple ones I I flubbed, like they were pretty awful. I wouldn't have hired me whatsoever. But by the time I got through that process, The last interview I had just felt like we were having a conversation over virtual coffee or something. It was so natural. And that was the job that I ended up landing. And it was my most enjoyable job that I had before I started my business. And so that job, I quit a year to the date. (laughs) And I told my boss that I was resigning. He was like, why? What's wrong? what happened? He thought that I was upset or something. And I said, no, I just, I just have this feeling that I need to try something different. And so I told him about my passion for writing and how I wanted to integrate that with the world of technology. And he thought that was really cool. Um, he said, he said to me, so you're literally leaving to follow your dreams. I'm like, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, I guess you could say that. And he thought that was really cool. Um, He was sad to lose our working relationship, of course, but I left the comfort and stability of a well-paying technical job to then dive into entrepreneurship. And no one in my family had done entrepreneurship well. There was one person on my family and one person in my husband's family, and it all really crashed and burned. And everyone was like, don't do this. It's a terrible idea. So I kept it a secret for like a year. 
but it has been the most fruitful and enjoyable experience I have ever had. I have freedom over my time. I have freedom over my finances. Um, I have more choice over who I work with and I feel appreciated about the work that I do. And they also appreciate the work that I do. Like we have a really harmonious relationship in that regard. And I feel encouraged when I go to work because it's not, it's not like I am building up someone else's dream. I am helping to make a legacy for myself and leave something behind for my family. I still think that jobs are important. I'm not one of those entrepreneurs who's like business only, no nine to five. That just does not even make sense logically. I just know for myself at this point in life, that's what I need to do. I need to have my own thing and empower those who are interested to do their own thing. And even those who still want to work a traditional job, do you like it? Do you want to change? Like, do that. You know, do that change. You don't have to stay in a rut necessarily. The business was what really shifted my entire personality. I like to tell people that before I addressed the um, the alcoholism with my mother, before I had the miscarriage, before I got laid off, even though those were like the worst things, they were the best worst things to happen to me because I had less personality than a bath and body works wallflower (laughs) like you would not catch me in a room whatsoever even just talking like this would have made me a nervous anxious mess and those situations even though they were so difficult they really broke down all the walls and kind of pushed me forward to address what was driving all of those And to come to a crossroads and decide, do you want to address it and do you not? And can you be courageous enough for yourself to try a life outside of that that you've never known? Well, there were several things I picked up on through your story there. And and one of the ones that I wanted to highlight was you talking about your job being your identity. And I think I've recently come to terms with the fact that I I take some of my identity for my job because I'm currently on paternity leave because my wife and I had the baby and at the end of December and and I'm I miss being at work. I feel like part of me is missing, you know, and and I still have coworkers yeah. that call every few days cuz we have some newer people and they'll call with questions like how do I fix this and and I love being able to help them, but I I I'm still I'm realizing how much of of my identity is is wrapped up in that job and that title and you know being the Mm -hmm. the go-to guy at work and it's crazy to me because like like you were mentioning i i never would have thought that i never i never thought that i was you know so attached to that idea uh and then the other thing i was wanting to ask you a little bit about it sounds like you were going through some some mental health struggles there with the with the loss of of the baby and the loss of the job and Mm -hmm dealing with your mother and her alcoholism, what are some things that you did to help get you out of that rut? Cause you were talking about that period of time where you essentially wasted four to six weeks when you were trying to find that new job. And it sounds like you were just kind of stuck. And, and I think that's a natural reaction, honestly, you know, to all these overwhelming things that are happening all at once. And it just, 
when you're in that, it feels like it just never stops and it just keeps piling on. And, and it's like, how do I get out of this? So what did that time period look like for you? What are some positive things that you did to help get yourself out of that rut? And, you know, what, what was that whole journey like for you? Yeah. So positive things, positive, not necessarily feels good. Right. A lot of it for me, because just just with the environment that I grew up in, I always felt like I had to push through. And pushing through is helpful, but it's not necessarily healing, mm-hmm. necessarily. It's, it's not um, that you are okay. And a lot of it, I just needed a minute to acknowledge the fact that I was a mess and having a hard time. Because I was so good at just oh, like, I'm okay. Like, I'm going to get through this and just pushing it in the back and then it coming out weird and sideways. So, you know, a lot of just when my husband would go to work, like crying in the kitchen for 10 minutes while I'm washing dishes and then wiping my face off and applying for jobs. (laughs) You know, um, it's not glamorous necessarily, right? But I just needed to actually let it out because I had gone so long without just letting things out and then picking myself up in a way by saying, okay, well, where do I go from here? And just kind of brainstorming what I should do, not even necessarily committing to things. Sometimes I would write things haphazardly in a journal. Other times I would just kind of talk it out to my own self which some people think is silly, but it was really therapeutic for me because a lot of times I just have to work through my thoughts. I do consider myself, you know, a person who believes in God. So a lot of times I would pray. And for me, prayer is just conversation. There, there's nothing lofty and well put together and all of these things, um, but just just conversation, right? In order to get some some peace and some balance about the situation. Just stilling myself, listening to some calming music, whatever is calming for you. I like instrumental music. You can pick your genre, right? But I like more of the instrumental music. I used to listen to, and I, I still appreciate them to this day. I used to listen to a lot of Linkin Park and Blink-182, and that definitely helped me for a time. But in that most recent time that I was going through, it wasn't comforting for me. It was actually bringing up more of those emotions that I was trying to work through. So something a little more calming was really helpful. And then um, to deal with the loss, I actually got in touch with a counselor. She is a faith-based counselor, but she helps anyone who is interested in working with her. And so it was really helpful for me not only to have the the natural um, conversation and those like tangible solutions, right? Like do this, um, I'll talk to you about this, but also to have that spiritual aspect, something to help you from losing yourself in the healing journey. And so while I was being comforted on one end with her words, I was also being sustained and strengthened with the the word that's in the Bible. And they really went together for me. 
because there are a lot of dark days that I had where honestly, I was just ready to throw in the towel. Like I wasn't thinking about offing myself by any means, but I was just ready to punch in my card on life. Like I'm done. I clock out. (laughs) I'm through. Um, But at the same time, I was like, I know that I'm not going through this for no reason. I know that it's not in vain. I can't see it, but I can't stop. So I was in that kind of like in between. Um, So having that counselor was so helpful for me because not only did she help me with the loss, but she helped me with so much other stuff because I, I didn't go to her thinking, help me with all my other junk in life. I went to her about the loss and it was almost kind of like a divine appointment in and of itself. But uh, the the black community stereotypically is known for not really owning their mental health. You know, like you don't need that. That's if I may be blunt here, that's for white people. That's for, you know, uppity people or whatever. Like, no, you are a human. You need to take care of your brain. Just like you take care of your heart, like you would give your car oil change. You need to guard and nurture your mind. It's so helpful. And so I didn't have the privilege of, um, you know, experiencing that when I was younger. Uh, so a lot of other things came out when I was talking to this counselor. That's when I also was able to address a lot of the abuse that I had in my childhood as well. And that abuse that I had just pushed past and, you know, put in a corner and everything, right, was coming out in having low self-esteem, not being confident, kind of wearing this mask when I'm doing the interviews, not having any personality, because in order for me to make it in my environment, I needed to be what my parents needed. So my personality was not requested. (laughs) I needed to, you know, people please, I needed to fit this mold. And so I took that with me throughout my young adulthood not realizing that's what I was doing and self-sabotaging my opportunities. And so all of those, you know, those three losses that I mentioned really helped to break that down because when I was presented with a entrepreneurship opportunity, if I took those same mentalities and coping mechanisms in, it would have worked against everything that I was trying to build. And and it's interesting that you mentioned that about the black community and, and there not being a focus on mental health. I've, I've heard that several times from, from previous guests and I'm just grateful that we're that, you know, this current time right now, it seems like there's been such a big push towards mental health and it seems like it's become so much more normalized for people to go to therapists or psychiatrists or, you know, whatever it is and, and really work on their mental health. And you see, you know, even, Right now, like you're seeing more famous people talking about, you know, mental health issues. And it just seems like it's becoming a more common thing for people to be able to address those things without those stigmas and the negativity around it. And I think that that ultimately is going to be so beneficial for our society when we're able to address our mental health without that shame and without the stigma and things that are attached around that. And ultimately, I think it's going to be good for everyone. Um, but we are getting towards the end of the time. So I would love if you wouldn't mind if you wanted to tell us a little bit more about the businesses you started, um, how listeners can contact you if they're interested in your services, those kind of things. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So um, my first business is Plume Pen and Pencil. That's the content writing industry. We specialize in developing clear and concise content in a creative way so so that you can get your message across to whoever you want to share it with, whether you are an independent author or if you work in the tech industry or even if you're a nonprofit. And my second business is Culinary Creations and Confections. And so that I make both savory foods and sweet foods but in bite-sized portions that pack a punch. Nice. Nice. I like that concept. That is very cool. And uh, how can people find you? Yes. So on Instagram, I am at plume pin pencil and on Instagram for the food business, it's at culinary creations, confections. I also have a website for my content writing business, which is plume Very nice. Very nice. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show today, sharing your journey with us. I know it can be difficult for us to open up and be vulnerable. And I appreciate you being real and and sharing about those losses and then how you overcame the losses and then where you're at today with the entrepreneurship and, you know, building those businesses and getting out of that nine to five grind. And it seems to me like you're in just so much better of a place and like you're saying you're able to be your authentic self and i really appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us thanks so much yeah i'm really enjoying it a lot of times you have to get through some weirdness to discover who you were all along Mm -hmm. but if you're open to the journey it'll take you to a really rewarding place absolutely i i agree with that 100 percent. well thank you so much for your time i appreciate you having me on absolutely thank you Alita, thank you so much again for coming on the show today. I'm so grateful that you came on and shared your story about overcoming loss and hardships and finding your true self. Be sure to check out the links in the show notes to find out more about Alita's businesses. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.